This is Leslie. And this is Liam, and we are trading money stress for real happiness. You are listening to Seeds, a 15-minute debrief on young people's common money challenges. Every episode, Liam and myself will casually break down a wealth topic, and occasionally we'll invite a friend or two to join as well. And today, before we jump into our topic, because we don't have enough friends to invite to this one, so you're just getting stuck with us, but we want to just let everybody know what's new with us. Um, Leslie, I want to let you start with the what's new with us, um, because I think your news is a wee bit more exciting than mine. Mm, well, I mean, we am fair and I appreciate you, but also, you know, comparison is a thief of joy, but, you know, getting <laughs> off my high horse here. Okay, I we think... last recorded in August, Leslie, what's happened since August? <laughs> I'm married. <laughs> we got show off the ring because we're recording now. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, don't be shy. We, uh, well, me and my husband got married on September 5th of this past year. It was amazingly perfect uh really really small covid wedding just our parents and our siblings but we've been together for about six years and are just so excited to start our lives together in chicago so yes i am in the honeymoon phase yes i'm you know accepting marriage tips and advice um but i think that that update like trumps all updates right liam i mean I don't want to speak for you, Liam, but... You're speaking for me, yeah. <laughs> and I'm giving you permission to do so. Thank you, thank you. This is like my one bragging moment. So I'm just excited. I am now a missus. The name change will come. We have to wait till post-election, but uh, the name change will come. And I, I'm excited for the journey. I'm super, super happy. Good. Super yes. happy. And uh, yeah, I don't really know how to follow that. I think Leslie yeah. said it best, where that kind of trumps all updates. Well, you got to give of... us... You gotta give us one thing. What, What's where? happened with me since August? I yeah, guess. since August. You had your wedding in September. I like my birthday was in September. I guess that's all right. <laughs> I'm we older, I'm just older. older now. I'm just like kind of old, like a really <laughs> irrelevant birthday, like kind of in the mid twenties of just turning another year older. Um, yeah. And then otherwise other update is Chicago mm-hmm. is where Leslie and I both are and it's yes. starting to shut down again it is so really starting to think towards the holidays of just how we can all be safe and healthy Absolutely. so please be safe everybody but I'd say that's also top of mind and some news since we last recorded because I know in August there was a lot more things that were open and a lot more people that were interacting with one another and now we're kind of back to square one but um but fortunately we're forward looking and hopefully we're all able to spend some time with loved ones over the next month or two here um without putting anybody in danger so be safe be safe everyone <laughs> i kind of took a turn i didn't want to get like dark but i was like that's kind of what's on my mind right now i guess that's kind of new since august honestly we are still in a pandemic so please continue to be safe listeners we care about you and we want you to stick around here indeed well said <laughs> but that's what that's what's new Liam. i know we've got a slate of questions that have been coming in since august but we have to answer the most burning one, obviously, and where we're recording in the middle of November. So I'll yes. let you take it away. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad we're catching up now, Leslie. Um, today, we do have an interesting question that was submitted by one of our listeners out in Colorado, actually. And mm-hmm. this was a question around what just happened, the election. 
Um, so recording date of this, what well, we're in the second week of November now, Leslie. So it was mm-hmm. just last week we found out some big news. Um, highly anticipated, obviously, for so many, for so many different reasons. But the question written in was, how will a Biden presidency impact my personal finances? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think a hot topic and I think provided, you know, the election went the other way with Trump could have been asked the same way, right? How will that yeah. affect our personal finances with Trump going another term? So I think there's a lot of really interesting ways to, to look at this from a personal finance perspective um, because, you know, the the presidents were, or I guess the, the candidates were, were on such different wavelengths with some of what they were proposing from a financial perspective. Yeah. So Leslie, I don't know if you have initial thoughts here. I think we could dig into this a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Again, on seeds, we're just kind of introducing some, some more digestible information. So um, I think we can hit surface level, a lot of different areas here, but wanted to ask where your mind goes right away. Yeah, definitely. I think, honestly, this has been a topic so, so top of mind for me as I think about, you know, as a coach, how do I advise my clients on their personal finance strategy, but then also personally just getting married, potentially, you know, adding to our portfolio, what are all the ramifications and what does that transition of power look like? I think I'm pretty, I I was pretty kind of put at ease by Mark Cuban, actually, who, if you're like a fellow Shark Tank um, lover like me, you'll recognize the name as one of the notorious billionaires on the show. But Mark Cuban actually came out with a statement just before the election saying, you know, Biden is better for business. And I can't pretend to be like nonpartisan here. This is very much so an organization within Commonwealth Coaching that believes in helping people to create wealth from backgrounds where they haven't had access to wealth. And truthfully, that has been a lot of what Biden's campaign has meant, specifically in trying to help narrow the income gap, help narrow that huge wealth gap that we see, particularly with minorities, particularly with people that come from immigrant communities like myself. And so when I heard Mark Cuban say Biden is better for business, I was a little bit shocked because I was expecting him to go from this like philanthropic lens of like, well, Biden understands our values and Biden is more ethically, you know, aligned with what I believe. But I think what Mark Cuban was getting at is that helping to close the gap and helping to help more people have access to more income is actually a better downstream outcome for this country. Having more people with more stability is a better downstream outcome for this company, whether we're talking about businesses at the highest level or businesses that are small mom and pop shops or startups. So I don't know, Liam, I'm pretty optimistic. I know there's a lot we could dive into. I'm pretty optimistic, but curious to hear your thoughts though. What what are you thinking about as you look into the president-elect coming into power and what you're thinking about on the personal finance front. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Leslie, and thanks for sharing that quote from Cuban. And I think where we get so many conflicting views from a financial perspective in something like an election is it is awesome in theory to improve stability of so many different people on a more consistent basis rather than be having top heavy or 
or bottom heavy of right, your top 1% or, or whatever it is in terms mm -hmm. of income earners. But I think what creates those conflicting views is that the, that money that will create that sustainability and mm -hmm. stability mm -hmm. for people mm -hmm. needs to come from somewhere, right? And I know that's kind of one of the big differences, I think, from, I guess, what Biden would propose versus what Trump would propose um, in terms of taxing those that are on the wealthier side, right, to be able to get some of that additional income to then create different packages. Like, um, I know a few of the things that Biden had proposed was a little bit more of a social security package to help folks retire a little bit more comfortably. And right to your point, Leslie, that is creating stability for so many more people that have this very, I mean, think of all of us right now, regardless of if you're 15 years old or 60 years old, the thing that's probably in your head is when the heck can I retire? And when can I do that comfortably, right? So it is creating a little bit more emotional stability and financial stability for a lot more people. However, a lot of that money will come from some of the wealthier Americans that will be a little bit more affected by some of these taxes. Um, so for example, I know, you know, and with this kind of proposal of being able to reduce some of the taxes on the low income earners, but increase for the wealthier, um, I saw a few projections. And again, all of these are projections, but, um, but I know one of Biden's proposals is in increasing that capital gains tax on those folks that are a little bit wealthier. I know for those that are making over a million dollars annually in income, their capital gains tax will look somewhere in the ballpark of 40%, which can be a pretty substantial amount of their take-home pay, right? So I think there's a few different ways to look at it. Um, I think from an emotional and financial stability perspective, it's going to be great for all Americans on a little bit more of a consistent basis. However, I think a lot of folks that might be in that higher tax bracket are likely feeling a little bit concerned with how much money they might now have in their take-home pay versus what they had a few months ago, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it's such a good point. And I think it was definitely at the intersection of where people were thinking in terms of, is the economy at stake with this election? You know, Trump has had this platform of, I'm going to reduce taxes, I'm going to reduce taxes, I want small government, etc. Um, but for many, they, they haven't necessarily seen that relief. And then when you think about Biden, he has said for folks that are making over $400,000 in income, we're going to tax that mm -hmm. more. And he has also said for folks that are making in the top kind of 20% through the through a combination of increased social security taxes, increased um, taxes on kind of your just federal income in general, you are going to see that increase when it comes to, you know, the amount of money that's going back to the government and then the and decrease in the amount of money coming back to your bank account. Mm -hmm. And I think this is an area where not to be truthful, and this might be a unpopular opinion, but I was recently listening to a talk by Darren Walker, who is a well-known, um, kind of a social justice leader, both in the kind of um, nonprofit space as well as in the corporate space. And he said something really, really brilliant about the intersection of this racial wealth gap and then also kind of how we approach the idea of creating change. And he said, mm. 
in some ways, there are things that are zero sum. There are things that because you have access to, you know, a certain amount of money or you have access to a certain amount of resources, that means that somebody else does not. And in many ways, you know, obviously this, is, this becomes very political, very ideological, but in many ways, when we think about a wealth gap, some people immediately think about how can we redistribute that wealth? And so I think I, one way to look at what Biden's doing is a wealth distribution of, yeah, it may suck that if I make $400,000, which by the way, I do not yet. So this isn't a current worry for me, but yet. make $400,000. It is going to kind of suck to not be able to make more off my capital gains and also, you know, leverage as much as possible to be able to then live my affluent lifestyle. But when you think about, on the other hand, of how many Americans are underneath what is truly a livable wage in 2020 going to 2021, I think from that perspective, Darren Walker said, we have to stop thinking about the wealth gap. We have to stop thinking about things like racism as nice to have philanthropic endeavors. And we have to think about them as almost like corrections of, mm -hmm. you know, the market has favored this type of person for a very long time, much longer than a 50 year horizon. I'm talking like a long time, like 300 years, right? Like, especially when you consider the history of the US. And in that sense, we're now redistributing the resources because it it's not comprehensible that someone like a Jeff Bezos actually deserves, and no shade to Jeff Bezos, but it's hard to comprehend that you deserve to make into the billions and trillions of dollars, and then somebody else's output doesn't deserve to make a livable wage. You know what I mean? Like it's hard sure. to it's hard to uh, it's hard to reconcile. Sure. Yeah, I think, and Leslie, I think that's exactly it. Is that's kind of the basis of of a lot of Biden's bills that he is, or at least that we're all anticipating he passes, mm -hmm. um, will be a little bit more of a redistribution idea, which again will be liked by some and disliked by others. Mm -hmm. um, but it all goes back to the stability thing, right? From a country's perspective, from a unit, right? Looking at America as a whole, yeah, um, because. <clears throat> you think where is a lot of this money going, right? Mm -hmm. I know both um, Kamala Harris and Biden have aligned in what they've said in the past on lowering the price of higher education, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. while they, it seems like they might not offer things like student loan forgiveness, mm -hmm. but just make upfront that education become a little bit more realistic than it's been perceived in the past by a lot of maybe lower income people or people that don't have access to appropriate resources to be able to pursue that. Um, and then in addition to that, we see things like Biden being in favor of a COVID stimulus relief package. Mm -hmm. Since this thing hit in April when everybody thought that this was gonna last a month. I, I was one of those people, by the even, way. I think we all were at one point. Like but even, even at that point, Biden was already suggesting a COVID stimulus relief package. Mm -hmm. And there's already been talks of, obviously we had the first one from the Trump house, mm -hmm. but um, there's already talks of once Biden comes in of potentially we'll see another one shortly after that. And right. yes, this money's all coming from somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. So it's all coming from kind of that top heavy part of America, uh, which is the, the wealthy there. Mm -hmm. um, 
in addition to that thing, I mean, go back to the stability point, Leslie, of one of the things we mentioned was retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, so things like like Medicare eligibility, right? Making mm-hmm. that a little bit more widespread across the country. So those that maybe don't have access. So every single American has the choice to opt into this Medicare, right? Yeah. Some of them will prefer packages given and provided through employers or through significant others, mm-hmm. but everybody has that ability. And these are things, and think of how it how it relates to personal finance, right? These are all things that are adding stress because they require money to be able to do, to be able to pursue. Um, I know one of the other articles I was reading showed that um, with an increase of tax on higher earners, they would then be able to, I guess, register tax credits on people like caregivers. So people that are Mm -hmm. in a... I think underpaid role, right? Yeah. Where they're doing it more for the passion and love of elders. Mm-hmm. But um, but people that are in a caregiver role for whether it's people with disabilities or people that are older and just need support. Yeah. Um, so there are a few different ways where this is becoming just a little bit more stable for your average American. Mm-hmm. But yes, maybe the very wealthy American is absolutely inevitably going to be hit harder on the tax front to be able to provide for the rest of the country. And I know that that could be a tough pill to swallow, Mm -hmm. but that seems to be the basis of a lot of what Biden plans to come in to do. Yeah, yeah. Liam, I wish that I could like package what you just said and then like write that down. Maybe we'll we'll have to like transcribe this episode in some way, but (laughs) you're, you're totally right. And even the conversations around healthcare as well. And the cost of that, especially in, in an age where we're so focused on our health, definitely something we want to- In a pandemic. I know, right? I mean, this is- important right now. Health is wealth. Let me uh, remind you all. Yes. Um, But no, I feel like we've, we've scratched the surface, but at least we've planted the seed here on what does a Biden presidency mean for your finances? I do want to make sure our listeners know how this seed could grow, otherwise inspire their journey. So any takeaways that you have for, for our listeners based on what we talked about today? I have a couple, but want to see if mm-hmm. anything on your mind. Yeah, I, I think the, the recurring theme of what we, what we had mentioned is, is consistency and stability. That's mm-hmm. what we're seeing on the, on the Biden front. Um, just staying a little bit more stable as a country uh, rather than, you know, kind of having a lot of finances dominated by either the very wealthy and then having, mm-hmm those that maybe don't make as much income reap uh, such fewer benefits. Um, That's kind of what I think Biden is attempting to solve for. Um, And then I think on the, on the other front, it it will mean things like double the taxes for some Americans, Mm -hmm. um, which is pretty substantial because people complain already at how much they're paying in things like federal taxes and state taxes. Right. Um, and, and yes, it will mean for some of those, I'm not, I'm not sure if it'll be double for those making over 400 K, but I believe at the 1 million mark, it mm-hmm. will be almost double what's being proposed. Currently it will be almost double what they're currently paying. Yeah. Um, so, but, but from a personal finance perspective, because obviously that's why we're having these conversations. We're by no means experts on tax bills. Um, it's more just how we're digesting them mm-hmm. and talking through them with each other and others that, that we're continue, continuing the conversation with. Um, I, I just think it, it will mean there are some more opportunities for some more people from a personal finance perspective. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have to agree. I think that 
redistribution that we talked about, whether you're a fan or not, that seems to be where we're headed. And I'll just share personally that that's something that I, I feel strongly about, even as I try to transparently get my way into those tax brackets, you know, like there, I think it's, I think it's okay. I'm going to make it okay to aspire to create wealth for yourself and your family. And also recognize that as a community, maybe not even as a country, if you're not as patriotic, but as a community, when we so we see such a wide gap between folks that are literally struggling to put food on the table and folks that have so, so much money, it's, it's hard to comprehend how could they could spend it all. I think I, you know, personally am a fan of being able to do some of that redistribution. So would totally agree on that front. I think the last thing I'd share with our listeners, just because I know many of us have student loans and many of us might be thinking about some of the things Biden said on the campaign trail in terms of forgiving loans or tuition free, et cetera. Um, I would just continue to keep a really close pulse on how that continues to play out. Um, I think it's exciting, the idea of forgiving loans, particularly from you know the, the government, as well as potentially forgiving just a small fraction of that. But things that I'm hearing that are going to be a little bit more likely to happen quickly are things like potentially extending forbearance, which is you know that period where you don't have to pay a minimum, or potentially expanding that income-based payment um, process, which was originally created during the Obama era. So a lot more that Liam and I could have talked through today, but we want always to just plant the seed for you, help you start thinking. And then of course, let us know what you think. This podcast is truly great because of you, our listeners. So it's really true. We want to hear from you. You can DM us on Instagram or Twitter at C-M-M-N-W-E-A-L-T-H. I hope I spelled that right. Coach. O-A-C-H. If you missed it or if I butchered that spelling, you can check out our show notes and it'll have all of our socials there. But we can't wait to hear from you. Yes, our community is collectively pursuing happiness as we all are. Um, so let us help you achieve your goals and celebrate you all when you do. Um, we can't wait to hear from you. Please engage with us. Yes, and by popular demand, please feel free to sign up for our newsletter to get every episode in your inbox. And lastly, Liam, to my favorite podcast co-host, I love hanging out with you. I'm so glad we're back for season two. I can't wait to tell the world what else we have in store. So thanks for being with us. (laughs) Absolutely, Leslie, right back at you. And this is us signing off for now, but wishing you all a great second half to the week. Yes, go in the week.